0: Morning everybody. I want to show you something. Check this out. That's a picture of the horse head nebula. Now nebulas are huge clouds of gas that they believe give birth to stars like the sun. I'm going to read you some stats that I've jotted down. It's 1,375 light years from Earth. One light year, to put that in context, is six trillion miles. So, and this gigantic cloud of gas, that is trillions and trillions and trillions of miles away is 24 trillion miles tall and 18 trillion miles wide now to help put this in context the distance from the sun to venus by comparison is only only 67 million miles the diameter of our solar system is 287 billion kilometres. This nebula, which looks like the shape of a horse from a long way away, or maybe a seahorse, is huge, almost beyond comprehension. And here's the thing. God made it. He made it, and we know he did, because it's in the book. Genesis one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, Created the heavens. And not only did he create the vastness of the universe and everything that's in it, power beyond our comprehension, he made you and he made me. And he knows us, he called us by name, and he gave us his precious book the Bible. He made the universe and then made us and then gave us a manual to help us live our lives by God's holy precious word. And yet so many of us barely open it. The first part of this talk is coming from the Morrison's car park. Cohen's just nipped into the shops and I said I'd Take her and sit here and do the first part of my talk. we change the scene, but that's what it's come to the Morrison's car park. You see, it got me thinking um, we all have to do our food shopping, and Karen's been doing a lot of shopping for other people actually as part of the volunteer centre because people need food to live. And as a Christian, we need food to live in the presence of God. Jesus said he's the bread of life. Whoever partakes of him will never hunger or thirst again, actually. And he gave us, God gave us all we need to thrive and survive as believers. And one of the things he gave us is this. And at Redeemer King, we we don't preach our best thoughts or ideas we preach systematically through the bible as best we can and we do put an emphasis on that um we bring ourselves back to god's word a lot because it's very easy just to have your own ideas and over the years lots of people have come to me with really good ideas but they're not biblical and there's different ways you can live your life as a Christian, and I'm just going to put it out there. You you can say, my gosh, look at the problem of human pain. People just want to live their lives and do their thing and be happy. And, and think about the way people want to live their lives and read the Bible through that filter and make the Bible fit how we think things should be. Or... You can read the Bible and understand the human condition through the filter of God's word, believing that he actually knows best. So there's two ways to go about life. Your ideas and then make the Bible fit, God's ideas and cross the pain barrier and go his way. And, and at Redeemer King, that's what we do. We, we say, well, look, God knows best. He gave us this precious, beautiful book. Inspired by his spirit and and we live according to it as best we can I mean we all stumble and we all stray off the path. We all do But we bring ourselves back through this Now why am I saying that well a it's a good reminder Um, B It's because of where this book is at called Nehemiah We're looking at chapter 8 and chapter 8 is where a man called Ezra appears now Ezra is actually a book of the Bible but but was a person and and the thought is that actually Ezra and Nehemiah were were actually one scroll it was one continuous text and it got broken down later and and in this passage that we're going to look at it shows how important it was to Nehemiah and the people that they brought themselves in front of God's word. So for the first part of this talk, I'm gonna read it and then for the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth part of the talk, however, it goes, we're gonna break it down a little bit. So this is Ezra reading the law in Nehemiah chapter eight. And all the people gathered as one man at the square which was in front of the water gate and they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel now this is a key moment Ezra is bringing back God's word to the people the walls have been rebuilt the people are regathering and Ezra brings God's word actually the Torah the first five books of the Old Testament were the precious scrolls that they had. The book of the law which the lord had given to israel then ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men women and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month anyone who could understand was brought before the word of god he read it we read from it before the square, which is in front of the Watergate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Now get this, what a massive cultural difference. We're doing 20 minute talks, and we're reading passages in the Bible, and basing our talks on them sometimes we get nervous as preachers if we read from the bible a bit too much or oh, we're gonna hold people's attention because we've got this cultural issue haven't we about paying attention but here the people they they gather from early morning to midday and just listen to a priest read the bible because their souls were hungry for god's word what's that we we can struggle to do a couple of minutes and we need all kinds of gizzits and stuff to help us do it now at that at this point i i do just want to tell you about one app that i've discovered which i'd recommend you which is called the dwell app D W E L. Um, you can trial it free for a week there is a price attached so like 25 quid for a year if you can't afford it, talk to us. But I'd recommend this app. You, you you hear God's word being read to you, you can select whatever passage you want and there's a whole variety of people speaking God's word, different accents, different cultures, different ages, genders, to different types of background music. But you feel and hear the word of God being read over you and you feel it. We need to get back to this one day when we gather again i actually said this a while ago to some of our leaders i had a vision it when if we got a building we'd actually have long sessions at the public reading of scripture and let it wash over you because it feeds your soul and somehow we've got to get that back I started leaving Bibles in different rooms in my house for some time now. By my bed, in my study, in our lounge, on my phone. In an attempt to never be far away from God's word. And I'm, I'm not saying let's be obsessively weird about it. But there is something precious about opening God's word and just letting it speak. The Dwell app, I highly recommend it. But also, there's something here about culture, They're memorizing of Bible verses. Placing yourself in front of God's word for long periods of time. Why is it we do it with worship music, but we don't do it with the word of God? And yet the Bible says of itself it is living and active and sharper than any double edged sword. The Word of God will feed your soul. I remember when I went through a very distressing time. There were just a few passages that I read over and over and over again. One of them was Psalm 139. And I read it and read it and read it so much. It actually became part of me. And it's affected my life to this day. Even in my darkest, most challenging moments or moments of failure. I know that God is with me. That Psalm comes back to me God's Word is alive and the more we dwell in it the more it becomes part of you and the more it will feed your soul so many people over the years have said to me I don't feel God I don't hear his voice and so many times I want to say to them are you reading your Bible are you hearing god's word spoken over you are you engaging in church do you plug into a connect group are you studying the scriptures it's why we have them because we need this in our lives often when when people's lives as christians are running cold and they don't feel god's presence it's simply that there will be periods when it's dry but I remember talking to one guy He said, I'd just, I just given up on it and it's dry. And I said, well, exercise and discipline. He said, I just don't feel God's day. I said, exercise and discipline and see what happens. Get back to me. Three weeks later, he came back to me and he said, he did what I said. And he'd been reading the Bible every day. One day he was painting his wall and he just burst out praying in tongues for the first time ever. And found himself worshipping and God just met with him. God meets with us when we dwell in his word. That's part one. Well, I'm still in the same vehicle, but the uh, background has changed because I'm now speaking from Well, I'm meeting uh, a leader of something called Love Maxpro. And at Edge Ministries, we're working in some places that uh, we thought we can add some help and value. And that's by bringing the word of God, which is what we're talking about this week so we're continuing Uh, now so this is nehemiah 8 verse 4 from mexico ezra the scribe stood at a wooden podium now i could be wrong but this could be the first mention of a pulpit in the bible now at redeemer king when we were meeting in the school and one day we may well be back we didn't have a pulpit. In fact, we had a very ropey music stand, which often collapsed. And for many years I coveted those perspex or steel pulpits or Bible stands that other churches have had. But we never quite got there. Maybe one day, maybe one day I'll get my pulpit made of perspex with neon lights on it. But for now, I have my lap in my vehicle. Why did I have pulpits? Well, here it's simply so he could be seen. Interestingly, they must have actually made this podium on purpose for this moment, which shows how important it was to them that everyone had the chance to hear. And of course, over time, the word of God was was held up above people. And so in these old churches you go to, you get big, massive pulpits. In fact, I stood in one in my mate's church in Darlington recently, which was just absolutely huge. The original idea was you could be seen, but but latterly it became, you know, a symbol of how important the word of God was and elevating it, you know, over and above everyone. There's something significant there. I, in our church tradition, the kind of free, independent church, we, we kind of chilled out and laid back. You can lose something. At our peril and cost, I think. And I'm not going to bring back the pulpit. <laughs> this was just practical. But I do think there's a meaning here that we can just pause on, which is to say, hold the word of God high over your life. Don't rail with it so much. Don't cast it to one side. It's precious, beautiful, and amazing. It's, it's God's manual to us, and it's alive. Hold it in high esteem. Treat it with respect. I know it's just a book in one sense. And if the Holy Spirit hadn't anointed it, it's just a collection of pages. And you can have it on your phone. But you know what? And I've said this many times over the years. I still think there's a case for having a physical Bible that you hold and it's precious, and that you use, and you turn the pages off. Funny enough, uh, I was swapping some banter on Facebook earlier this week, and someone said, is this book, not the Bible, another book, is it worth downloading it or waiting for the paperback? And I said to them, you know, sometimes some books are just worth having to turn the pages off. And I feel that about the Bible. Hold it in your hands. Turn the pages. Dwell on it. For some reason, I just, just think it, it works better for you when you do that. And hold it high over your life. Give it a place of importance in your daily routines. And beside him stood Matataya, Shima, Anaya, Uriah, Hikaya, Masai on his right hand, Pedadiah, Michelle, Makajar, Hashem, Hashbananath, Zechariah and Mishulam. On his left hand now I'm reading all those days because God wants them in there so I'm reading them out but who were they they were fellow priests gathered either side of him 13 of them and and it might be that they were just putting emphasis on the importance of this moment but also scholars say it was there they were there to help Ezra as he got weary and to take their turn in sharing the reading of God's Word because it took many hours I think both are probably true. Hey, we're the priests. This is important. The manual work's been done. Now we've got to put the spiritual work in place. But also it was there as a mutual support. But there's something I want to say. We don't have priests. And a whole bunch of you just joined our church. And some of you are new to the faith. And it just gives you an opportunity to say this. We don't have priests. The Bible is very clear that we have a priesthood of all believers, all of us, ordained before God to be his ambassadors and to live out our lives fully for him. I don't believe I have magic hands. I don't believe I've got anything special. In the Anglican tradition, an all-day minister, only an all-day minister can, can break bread and lead communion. We, we don't believe that. We believe the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us. But he does give some to be leaders, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, to equip the body of the church with works of service and to, to keep us on the narrow path and to be a gentle hand on the tiller and to keep our direction and to, to hear from God and then lead the church but we are all priests there is nothing in one sense special about those who lead at all other than their lives are held doubly accountable which is why it says make it easy for those who lead but we are not priests in the sense that they were in the old testament ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people but he was standing above all the people and when he opened it all the people stood up i just wonder if that was an instinctive moment respect i got a music stand in my cellar and sometimes i put the bible on it and i stand and read because it helps me concentrate but i met one guy who's an amazing bible scholar and he treats his bible with such reverence and respect you can sense he adores it by the way he turns the pages. But he only reads his Bible in devotional times, standing up. He's old school. And I asked him once why that was, and he said, "Well, maybe in part concentration, but also respect." And I'll, I'll end part two by saying this: respect this precious book as a church. It's honored this precious book. Yes, we love to worship. We love to share our faith But the only way we will understand Our standing before God Why we're here What meaning is What the meaning of life is what our destiny is What God's purposes are for us? The whole nature of existence, understanding your death and your life, and your family and your work will only come out of here, not your own thoughts. You can hear great talks which change your thoughts for a week, but the words in here change your life for eternity. That's the big difference, to hold it in high esteem in your life. Here's a few concluding thoughts. There's a key verse in the Bible. It's in Hebrews 4.12. And it says, The Word of God is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Here's what I want to say. We love the prophetic in our church, we're, we're into hearing words of knowledge that is insights from the Holy Spirit. We don't despise this, we, we're, we're into it, we're for it. But if you want to hear the voice of God, the rhema word, the, the whisper of the Holy Spirit that, that advises us and guides us. If you want to get pictures and dreams, get into the Logos word. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit whisper to you, read the word that he gave us. And I guarantee you, you'll hear more from the Holy Spirit. So many Christians crave hearing a voice of God. And they wonder why they don't hear. They need to read their Bibles, the Logos. Yet so many Christians don't, for whatever reason practical tips. I wouldn't just keep an online Bible or a Bible on your phone. Get a Bible that you can actually turn the pages. I've referred to that already. Leave Bibles scattered around. Get yourself a Bible reading plan and uh, there's many out there. Do the Bible in a year, whatever. Do a plan. Make it a discipline. Let's just not quote our thoughts and ideas. Let's refer more and more to what the scripture says. And let's wrestle to understand it, take it in the most simplest form as we can, and believe it's inspired by God. I love the way that Ezra opened the word. People gathered, and he read and they stood. Let's be a people like that let's devour this precious book the devil wants to do everything he can to stop us reading it so let's get into it let's embrace it love it rejoice in god's word apply it to our lives cross the pain barrier even when there's things in there we think that's so tough let's trust that god knows best and he'll bless us if you honor what he's given us he will pour out his spirit and we'll do well by it nothing dramatic this week it's not rocket science no great revelation hardly a zinger as Andy Kine would say but it's so important let's do it